Hey guys and girls, welcome back to episode 43 of The Blokes in Your Ear. Thanks so much for the ongoing support. We loved your feedback from the episode with Richo last week. If you haven't, make sure to jump on and have a listen. Please jump on and like us on Facebook and Instagram at The Blokes in Your Ear and click the follow button on Spotify or wherever you are listening on so that you can be notified when our new episodes drop. We want to grow our audience and reach more ears. Let your mates know, let your family know if you enjoy the show. The more listeners we get, the more content and guests we can get on for you. This week, we have young gun cricketer and all-round good bloke, Braden Stepin, on the show. Steppo, as he's better known, is a prolific left-handed batsman that likes to play aggressively and take the game by the scruff of its neck. He's a Bendigo local, starting out playing for White Hills Cricket Club and making the move down to Melbourne to try his hand at Premier Cricket. Playing for Carlton and featuring in the Melbourne Renegades team in the BBL. Steppo recently moved down to Tasmania for a lifestyle change, as well as to open up more opportunities for his cricket career. It was fun to sit down with Steppo and have a chat about his junior cricket days in Bendigo and the changes that he's made as he's progressed through the ranks with his training, diet and professionalism. Steppo gives sound advice to young people and anyone that's looking to achieve something in their life. He reflects on how far he has come and what his plans and aspirations are for the future. We also chat about a few funny stories from Steppo's footy career. Sit back and enjoy the Blokes in Your Ear podcast. It's time for the Blokes in Your Ear podcast. All right, Steppo, awesome to have you on, mate. Thanks for joining us on the Blokes in Your Ear. How have you been, mate? Very well. Uh, thanks, Tommy. Um, thanks for inviting me on. It should be a good little yarn. No worries, mate. Um, what have you been up to lately? Like, you've obviously been playing a bit of cricket. Um, in Tassie and stuff. So how long have you been um, down there for, Matt? Yeah, so I moved down to Tassie um, in middle of July. Um, so got out of the COVID times in Melbourne, which is fortunate of myself. Um, and, yeah, so I've just been training um, three days a week, which has been really good. So just prepping for the season coming coming up uh, for Clarence and looking forward to getting stuck in with the boys. It's been a pretty long pre-season, but um, it's always this time of year you're ready to go out in the middle and make some runs. Yeah, of course, mate. Did you just want to introduce yourself? So you're, oh, like an introducer. So you, with your, the cricket side of, side of things, you're a left-handed batsman, an opening batsman, um, and wicket keeping as well. Are you working or anything like that at the minute as well? Like, uh, so I've just got a job with the Kingborough Council. So um, got a few medical things to do there, and then um, yeah, so I'll start there in a couple of weeks, which will be exciting. But um, all I've been doing for the past. Two, three months is just getting into the gym. Um, I try to go twice a day and, um, yeah, clock as many Ks as I can in the bike. My goal's been 100 Ks in the exercise by um, a week. So I've been ripping into that at the moment, doing a lot of weight training and then obviously with cricket training as well. So I've just been working on that and, um, yeah, just trying to put my best foot forward for this year. Yeah, that's fantastic, mate. No, that's that's awesome that you're taking your training and that um, pretty seriously. Um would you say that was something that um, you needed to work on a little bit when you were back in Bendigo? Uh, yeah, 100%. So um, I've always been a bit bigger. So um, last season, what I did, I've, I've dropped 20 kilos from three years ago 
Um, so it was just really working out what I needed to do to play that next level. So I went away um, with Victoria's second 11 to Perth a couple of years ago and I did my calf on the last day and that was just proving my fitness wasn't quite ready for the next level. So um, after that little tour away, I um, come back and uh, reflected on myself and see what I needed to do to play that next level and that was to get fit. So um, it just proves how much fitness is key to cricket. So you can go back-to-back days because um, it's a big ask to do. Um, so that was one thing I had to work on. So uh, fitness is pretty big for me right now. And um, I had a bit of fun when before I come over to uh, Tassie. But, um, yeah, now, now cricket season is about to ramp up. It's all systems go with cricket and just focusing on that. Yeah, that's fantastic, mate. And with your, the diet side of things, um, what's that looking like at the minute? Is that a similar sort of approach, a sort of... Um, taking that fairly seriously as well? Yeah, 100%. So um, dieting and exercising is the big key. So um, it's always about a balanced diet. So I've got a pretty set meal plan at the moment. So um, I go, I wake up in the morning, go to the gym, um, and then I come home, have smashed avo on toast with a bit of tomato and a protein shake. So I get my protein, get my carbs, and get everything that I need to do for the day. Um, and then it's just little snacks throughout the day. So whether that's a bit of fruit, couple of peanuts or uh, whatever you kind of need to snack on. And then um, dinner's pretty basic, so it's just a bit of salmon or a bit of meat um, with veggies and uh, some brown rice. So getting all my protein and my carbs in throughout the day to get me going. So it's a pretty set diet. Uh, but, yeah, it's pretty boring and bland, but, um, no, nah, it's, it's the right thing to do. That's great, mate. Where did you get the advice on the dieting and stuff? Did like so That's the stuff you've picked up um, throughout your career so far or is, have you got a nutritionist at um, Clarence or anything like that or um so I worked with Helen uh, at CV a lot so we had a lot of meetings about my meal plans and meal prepping so um when I was very new to it we worked really really hard on it but now once I've got my head around it um it's pretty basic to know what you need to do and what to eat for the right times um and Evan Golbus um has been a massive mentor of mine over the past three or four years. So he's the one who got me really into the fitness kick and um, and he's the one who's been boosting me um, for the other four years and um, been really behind me and supportive of me um, the whole way, which has been very grateful. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. Well, just talk about a bit about Golbus. I know that you guys put on a massive partnership last year in Tassie. How was that sort of experience? That would have been pretty, um, pretty surreal. Um, yeah, it was unbelievable um, to do it with Evan Golbus, who, as I said, is... A big part of me. Um, he's been driving my uh, progress a lot, and, um, and I'm so grateful for it. Especially the way that he plays. We play very similar cricket, so um, we're very aggressive stroke players. Um, he he's been there and done it. Like he's played at the Stars, the Hurricanes, played Shield cricket. He's got a double hundred in Shield cricket. Um, so he's a very experienced guy to listen to, and um, I've been very grateful to learn off him, and I've got him in my corner. So. Um, and yeah, just to do it with him, like he said to me, I remember, I think I was on 180 and he said to me, just remember the next innings you bet you're going to be on zero. So cherish this moment. So, um, and that's a famous quote from Brian Lara. So, um, that's just a little tip for kids out there or anyone just playing cricket is if you're on a hundred, just make sure it is a big one because you're going to start on zero that next inning. So, um, yeah, as I said, it's really good and it feels special to do it with Gobbler someone who's been so supportive of me and always been there for me. It was just, yeah, really special. Yeah, that's awesome to hear, mate. And 
yeah, I know that um, like you grew up in Bendigo. Um, I've known you, you know, for a long time as a kid, and you played like footy and stuff with my little brother. Um, yeah, we'll just talk about a bit about your career growing up in Bendigo. So you played for White Eels Cricket Club. What was your connection there? Um, is that was it your old man that played at White Eels before you? Yeah, he did. So the old man played there, and um, yeah, mum was friends with most of the guys there. So. Um, it was a pretty easy decision. I only lived in East Bendigo, so um, only a little bit around the corner. So, uh, yeah, so I started off under 11s there and then, um, yeah, worked my way up through all the junior program there and then was fortunate enough to make my senior debut when it was my first year, the under-17s. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of gone onwards and upwards from there. So, But I'm truly grateful for everyone at White Hills, um, the likes of Lincoln Jacobs, Reese Irwin, Gavin Bowles, Aaron Munro as well. Um, so yeah, it's that, just those guys have been really supportive of me as well. And I'm, yeah, extremely grateful for it. Yeah. They're ripping fellas there, mate. I've only, um, just picked up the White Hills Guernsey last season, just playing a bit in the C grade and stuff, but yeah, that they've just been so welcoming and stuff for me. Um, and really make you feel a part of the, part of the, the group and stuff. Like there's a, some absolute rippers there. Yeah. Big Gavo. He's an absolute legend. Yeah, like, they've been so good for me. It was really special. Um, When I did play my first game in Melbourne, all the boys got back into, well, down into the rooms, and it was just really nice to see all the boys there. And just, it's not, I when I play my cricket, I know that I'm not just representing myself. I'm representing the White Hills Crew Club. I'm representing Carlton Crew Club. I'm even representing Bendigo as well. Um, It's just a really good community, and um, I love all the support that I get from everybody back home because, I'm trying to do them proud, and yeah, I just tried my my hardest for everybody. That's great, mate. You you haven't been down and seen the new nets yet, have you? Because you've been in Tassie. No, I haven't. So I saw I was seeing get built. Um, so that's when I was going to watch White Hills Footy Club um, play and sit on the hill. But um, yeah, I haven't I haven't used the facilities yet. I'm looking forward to getting back over and getting in the nets with the boys and have a good laugh. Yeah, apparently the um the big G train was one of the guys that was laying the concrete and stuff there. Big Fraser Garrick. Yeah, he was the big fella. He was uh I think a couple of the White House footy boys were bugging him for a photo, so it was pretty funny. Oh mate, he'd be someone that I'd love to chat to and have a beer with. I reckon he'd be a piss. Oh, he he would be a great value, I reckon. The stories he would have. Yeah, definitely, mate. And yeah, the Nets, um yeah, the Nets have just got all the boys up and about, like our Training and stuff has just gone to another level this season. Like, it's amazing just having a new set of nets, like new facilities, how much they, they can do for you. And even, like, the batting side of it, like, instead of just going into the old nets where you just basically go straight in without a warm-up, um, we'll sort of get it set up so you can have a bit of warm-up in the, the far nets and then make your way into where the bowlers are. So, yeah, it just makes a huge difference, mate. Yeah, exactly right. And having, what, you got four or five nets there. And you've got the variety, so if you have your net session, at least if you don't feel like you got enough out of that bowling bat v ball session, you can actually go into the other nets and get someone to wing balls at you or do underarm. So you get that right bowling to get ready for the weekend. Yeah, definitely, mate. Very keen for our um, season starts about a month away, but we'll be good to get a good training block in. Um, we'll just touch on your footy as well. You played footy at Golden Square, so... How was that? Like, you, like I remember watching you play a lot of footy as a kid and, you know, you had a raking left foot boot and you were a pretty talented footballer as well. How did you love your footy, mate? I loved it. So, obviously, yeah, being a Bendigo country boy, it's always uh, 
footy in the winter and cricket in the summer. So um, that was really it. Um, no, I loved playing footy. It was good fun. All the boys were really good. Um, yeah, I just loved it. Like It's just being a country boy, isn't it? So you're always out there kicking the footy in the winter or um, yeah, either throwing the cricket bat or cricket ball around in, in summer. So, um, yeah, it was, it was obviously... Good fun, won a few premierships with uh, Golden Square, which is, which is what really good. Um, but yeah, no, I love my footy and shattered. I've had to retire. Yeah, did you prefer playing footy or cricket growing up? Like, which was your which was your pick? Um, I think it was just whatever season it was. So it kind of gets to the end of cricket season, and you're like, oh, so keen for footy, and then it gets to the middle of footy, to the end of footy season, and you're like, oh, keen for cricket. So. Um, I think it all varied depending on the season. Yeah, I think I was the same as well. Yeah, if we weren't having a very successful cricket or footy season, I'd kind of be like, oh, I'm pretty keen for this to be over and for the next yeah. season to start to start from fresh. But if you're having a good season in whatever it was, you didn't really want it to end. So, yeah, that's nah, definitely exactly helped. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, beautiful. So when you're batting as a junior, mate, like I don't, I didn't hear much about your um, batting and stuff probably till you were 14, 15, and then I heard you were playing in a few squads and whatnot and making a heap of runs. Um, when did you hit your first half century and when did you hit your first century? Oh, um, so ooh, I never really started playing rep cricket until I was probably 13 or 14 years old. So I never really got picked in any of the junior stuff. Um, I got my opportunity through uh, who was it? Scotty Johnson. So he was the coach of the under-21s and I wasn't playing in the under-14 rep team. So he gave me opportunity to keep for the under-21 side one game. Uh, so I took that opportunity and, um, yeah, it went from there. So I started playing all the rep carnivals and uh, Northern Rivers and stuff. So I never played Northern Rivers until I was – under 18s and I was I wasn't even selected in the first squad um so it just proves if you want to put the hard yards in you can get to wherever you want to be um but yeah my first 50 oh, um god I think it was at Finn Street one of the, the tiniest ovals in the world uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was uh it was there and then the first 100 I think oh, oh, where was it I think it might have been in an under-16s rep game in Seymour. I think I've got 130 or 40. Um, yeah, against Seymour up, up there. But my first one for White Hills was, I think it was against Kangaroo Flat at uh, Scott Street. I think it was in the under-17s game. And then my first senior one was against Bendigo where we chased down 350 or something. Mitch got 100 as well, which was really impressive. And Nathan Fitzpatrick got 100 the same game. So, um, yeah, I don't really remember too much. But, yeah, I think I'm from memory there, my first couple. Yeah, beautiful, mate. And we'll we'll touch on the rep cricket stuff a bit because I was actually um, – I yeah, messaged um, Link Jacobs a bit earlier this morning and asked him if he had any, anything for you. And, yeah, he wanted to know um, why do you think that – was the case that you weren't picked in those early junior rep sides? Like, yeah, you're obviously a really talented player, but why do you think you missed out those first couple of years? Um, I'm not sure. Um, probably have to ask the selectors that, but um, I don't know. It didn't really bother me. 
um, too much. I didn't. I just try. The main thing is with all the selection of state cricket or um, reps cricket or whatever, whatever you want to be selected, even playing lower grades, um, you just got to control what you can control. Um, so if you try to worry about playing a higher grade, that's where you're going to feel like your performance is getting low because you feel like you've got to improve to be there, but you're too worried about what's happening. So it's just staying in that present moment of going, okay, I'm in this grade now. I want to get to there. How do I get there? So that's where you ask the coaches a question or the captains a question. How do I get here? How do I improve? And that's the coach's job to help you improve to get to that level. So I think I just, yeah, I, I, I don't really worry about that stuff too much. I just get in, do what I need to do, get out and not worry about the things I can't control. So that's probably a big thing for juniors, especially going through the rep group of cricket where you probably don't get selected or you just miss out. And you're obviously going to be devastated, but you just got to go back to doing what you can control and staying in that present moment um, rather than trying to worry about who's in front of you or what you can't do, what you can't control. So I think it's, yeah, just getting in the hard yards and doing the right things and just ticking all those boxes that you can and then go, well, if I didn't quite make it, um, I gave it a red hot crack. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, that's really good advice for young kids and, you know, older people alike. I think that's fantastic attitude towards it. Do you think um, not making those first few squad teams, you know, in your under-11s and 12s and stuff, do you reckon that um, deep down built like a bit of extra hunger in you and made you a bit more motivated to actually work a bit harder and sort of try and, um, yeah, get to that level? Yeah, 100%. So that, that that's the thing that can drive good players missing out on selections for a couple games or um, a squad can drive good players to becoming better players. So that's, yeah, I, I just felt like it gave me the hunger to wanting to play rep cricket and representing Bendigo um, at that level. And then, yeah, obviously moving up to Northern Rivers and representing the Northern Rivers region, then leading into the Victorian underage stuff. So, um, yeah, it just really gave me that drive and hunger to get there. Yeah, that's great, mate. Um, yeah, because I remember watching the uh, Michael Jordan doco and The Last Dance and they talked a bit about how he missed out on his high school basketball team, like didn't get selected and then obviously turned out to be like the goat of basketball. So like you hear these stories all the time of, um, uh, you know, males and females not making those those teams and that can just, it's either going to make you or break you. You're either just going to quit and, you know, um throw your head in the sand or you're going to work harder and, um, yeah, try and achieve more. Yeah, exactly right. So it just depends how you respond and how you want to respond to it. Yeah, definitely, mate. Who was your favourite cricketer growing up? Who's someone you looked at? Like, doesn't matter who it is and you just thought, geez, I love the way they go about it. Like, and you might have moulded yourself around them a bit. Um, uh, when I, I used to really like Davey Warner. He was, when he first came out against South Africa and just started absolutely smacking around the park at the MCG, he was, he was probably the one I really liked to look up to. Um, before that, probably Adam Gilchrist. Like, he's just the goat of Australian cricket wiki-keeping. Um, he, yeah, he was, them two are probably the two guys I really looked up to, obviously being left-handers um, and, yeah, hitting the ball very aggressively. Yeah, well, I can definitely say, mate, you've... Um mould your game around 
them pretty well. Like you're a very similar type of batsman. Like you really like to take the game by the scruff of its neck. And yeah, I've seen you bat a few times, mate. I remember country week, probably old have been about 19, 20. You might have been 15, 16, something like that. Um, and yeah, I remember if you were in for sort of eight to 10 overs, you'd be on, you'd be raising your bat for 50. So that was, um, <laughs> yeah, that was it. I remember you had the new balance bat and yeah, you were, Hadn't really knocked it in that much, and you, yeah, you were still smacking around the park, mate. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm pretty bad at that. I normally just go straight in the net to the new bat, so hopefully Grey Nichols don't miss the list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember um, Matty Hayden in a game years ago, he snapped his bat um, in a game, and then he, he did, like, sorry, he cracked his bat in a game, and then he snapped it with his knee. And I was yeah. just thinking, I can't remember who he is with it. Tom might have been Grey Nichols, and I just thought, geez, the sponsors would hate that. That wouldn't be a great look for the their cricket equipment. Uh, no, it wouldn't, would it? No, nah, not at all, mate. Um, and with your cricket as well, who was your biggest inspiration, would you say, as a kid growing up? Was that any of the local cricketers around, or was it your old man or your mum, or, you know, what really, um, who really inspired you? Uh, I think it was just looking at the senior guys at White Hills. Um, just looking up to those guys and being in the shoes that like of what they what they were in. So I always wanted to play senior cricket at White Hills. Um, that was my goal as a junior, and obviously getting to that goal. So I was looking up, as I said before, looking up to the guys like Gavin Bowles, Aaron Munro, Daniel Lark, Glenn Ralston. Um, always looking up to those guys, and yeah, just being wanting to be a White Hills cricketer was my main objective when I first started playing cricket. Um, and then, yeah, obviously going on to other things, but that was just my inspiration to play cricket was to play the highest grade of cricket I can and, yeah, and play for White Hills. Yeah, nice, man. I think that's something that's overlooked. Like, some people think your inspiration's going to be, like, you know, someone that's already at the top level playing for Australia or whatever it is, but those guys running around your local cricket, like in the A and B grade, C grade, whatever it is, like, those guys have a massive impact on the young kids and... Like, you know, we might not even notice it. Yeah, exactly right. So, like, I remember coming back to Bendigo uh, after I got those couple of games with the Renegades and um, I was just sitting around with the White Hills boys and a couple of kids were watching a couple of White Hills local juniors and they were, in, they were, they were like, oh, I want to play for White Hills. And that's the, that's the thing that makes me really proud is that White Hills have a really good, strong junior culture and I love it how the club drives it as well. So... It's just really good that you get there, you see the kids. You always see it with junior footy as well, especially local. The junior footy players at the club want to play the senior football there. And I feel like White Hills Cricket Club is getting the same. You get the kids that want to play first-grade cricket for White Hills. And it's just really good being a past player, looking at that from afar and knowing that the club's going to be in a strong position in a couple of years as well. So yeah, it just it's a really good it's a really good feeling. Yeah, definitely, mate. And I noticed last season and even this season, like it's been really good to see a few of the younger guys joining in with the senior senior teams. Like you got the some of the under sixteens and some of the under eighteens kids that are joining in and like they're a couple of them are really talented cricketers, but their cricket's only gonna get better playing against men. And I think that's a common theme as well with people that have got to a high level in sport is like if they can um, be exposed to you know senior cricket against adults, whether you know that's females or males. I think that um, can really improve their progress. Yeah, hundred percent. 
Um, I'd like to wind back the clock. The first time I've really seen you, like, something real special from your mate. Like, I don't know what, you probably won't remember it. But I remember one day, under 17 cricket, you were, you would have been underage, I would have been top age. I was playing with um, Sam Harper and, yeah, a few of the boys there. So you were batting at the uh, city end at Wade Street. So, like, oh, not, yeah. not the nets end, the other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Josh Blanco's volunteer. He's bowling... Oh, I don't know. He was he bowled okay, but he was probably bowling about you know eighty five, ninety k's an hour to you. Yeah. And I remember he bowled one on your legs, and you've just flicked him over the fence, over the double story club rooms at Wade Street, and onto the road and bouncing into someone's front yard. And I just <laughs> and I just sat there because I was such a competitive little prick as well. I was just like. <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Don't bowl there. <laughs> and then, yeah, do, do you remember that at all, mate? I definitely do remember that. And I wasn't even, I don't think I was even bottom age there. I think I was in the under-15s. And I got caught, we didn't play that game. And, yeah, I got caught up to play the under-17s. So, um, yeah, I do remember that very well, that moment. Um, yeah, I, I was pretty happy with myself after that. I was I was chuffed. <laughs> oh, well, mate, I was, I was fuming. I was like, mate. <laughs> I was like to Josh, I was like, you can't pull the outside leg stunt to this bloke, mate. He's like, it was on off peg, mate, I swear. Like, <laughs> it was, but it was just like, it was just a real like eye-opening moment to me. Like I've, I've seen a couple of things like that in junior sport where you're just like, what the hell is going on here? Um, and just the timing on the ball and, you know, just the, the eye just to, and it didn't look like you hit it that hard. Like you've literally just flicked it off your legs and it just kept sailing, mate. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice little shot, that one. Yeah. Wouldn't, I remember... wouldn't mind a couple more sixes this year. Yeah, definitely. And I remember a similar thing, like watching, I don't know whether you ever heard it, you would have played against Jamison Sheen as a footballer, juniors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, similar thing. I seen him take a hanger one day in under-12s um, against Golden Square, and I was just like, those are like two really big moments that I'll just never forget in junior sport, mate. So... You... Yeah, you're in, you're in me brain forever, mate. It's a good word. <laughs> no, it's, it's an honour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beautiful, mate. Um, I just wanted to ask as well, where'd your aggressive batting style come from? Like, is this something you always had as a kid or is it something that, like, you just wanted to take the game by the scruff of its neck or is it just something that come real natural to you? Um, I don't know. I just think I like hitting the ball hard. Um, yeah, I just always used to get in trouble in the nets um, as a junior for hitting the ball out of the net. Uh, uh, yeah, I just really like hitting the ball hard and as far as I can. Uh, so I think that's where it kind of came from. Just, yeah, naturally kind of come to me. I didn't really teach myself to do it. I just did it naturally. And, um, yeah, it's it's very different because I think as a junior, you've got to discover what type of game player you are. So me, well, for an example, myself and Evan Golbus, we're at the top of the order for Carlton. We're stroke players. We try and make a game. We try and make the, well, break the game early where you've got the likes of a Reese Irwin or Gavin Bowles who are just natural stroke players. So they come out and they just know, they just score. They're ones, they're twos and the odd boundary. Um, so it's just really, as a junior, you really want to learn what role you're going to try to play. Um, so that's probably when you are 16, 17, 18, and that's when you're starting to learn your game and progress your game that little bit further. 
is, yeah, is understanding what your role is going to be and trying to work towards that. So I think that's a big key. Yeah, definitely, mate. And I think something real satisfying as well as a junior is actually hitting the ball back at, back out of the net because when you think about it with a set of nets, um, you can only, the only way to kick it out is really to hit it straight back over their head because if you hit it into the side nets, like, yes, it could be a good shot, but you don't get that satisfaction to see the ball fly away. Oh, exactly right. I think um, especially being 12 years old where um, at White Hills there used to be that net, the old nets yep. at the back of the net to stop the balls and... I always yep. used to try to clear that. And then, um, yep. yeah, as, as I got older, I kept, instead of hitting straight, I kept going more square and trying to hit onto the road at um, over at Scott Street. So um, I think I've hit Tobias Geary over there a few times. Um, <laughs> that's a nice sort of satisfaction out of myself. But, um, yeah, so I think it was just trying to clear that fence and then um, just looking at something else to try to clear out of that. So, um, yeah, every time I go back to the old nets at White Hills, I try to get the road. Yeah, definitely, mate. Well, you love the new nets. They're actually right next to the road at the minute, and we've only got half a net on top. So, oh, blokes no. are hit, but, mate, the, the, the cars on the side of the road are in danger. That's all I can say. <laughs> I'll, be, uh, I'll be trying to get a house. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, mate. Um, we'll, just talk about a, we'll just talk a bit about your G's Golden Square footy days. So, we've got, got a pretty bit of a funny story about um, when you played under-18s at... Golden Square. So I got a bit of dirt on you. Um, and yeah, a bloke that used to play with you reckons that used to just rock up um, to training. So you'd <laughs> rock up to training, you'd do your half a lap, you'd tell the boys that you're a bit sore from the weekend, and then you'd go into the rooms and get a rub down for 45 minutes, get get into the hammies and the calves and stuff. And yeah, he reckons if you, you know, if you were feeling motivated, you might have um, done a few set shots of goal. And then after, after after that, you'd pull the pin and yeah, head home while the rest of the boys are out there slogging their guts out, doing the skills and drills and stuff. Do you have anything to com- um, no, we'll get to that in a sec. Do you have anything to comment on that? Is there a bit of uh, truth to that, mate? Or uh, yeah, I used to uh, yeah, I used to love rocking up, have a bit of a kick, just get the left foot going, and then the boys a bit sore and have a little niggle, and yeah, we'll walk off, get the back. Um, Sammy still massage and <laughs> walk back to have two set shots and walk back and go home. Mate, there's a lot of favola about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, too, I was too fond on training back then. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't yeah. too keen on all the running and exercises. I just, uh, yeah, got got what you needed done and get out of there. Yeah, well, the bloke that stitched you up there was um, Sam Harper, my younger brother. Oh, yeah, he would too, wouldn't he? I just got off the phone to him before, mate. He's just moved up to Darwin. I just said, oh, do you have oh, any, really? um, any dirt on the big Steppo for me? And yeah, he, he said, he said, oh, let me think. What did Steppo used to do? Or those were a couple of things he thought was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. That, he's done well there. Well done, Sammy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple other things with your footy career as well. He reckons on the weekends when you'd play, you wouldn't leave the forward 50? Hey, I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was a pinch in the in the guts, thank you. Played a little bit off half back, um, but yeah, no, it was always I was a decoy with Geordie Rosengreen, so I used to just feed off him. So um, yeah, no, nah, I didn't get out of fifty too much. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. And you wore a beautiful left foot boot, mate. You had just the timing and just that strength behind you. Like you used to boot the ball fifty meters back when you were a young bloke. Yeah, huh. yeah, just yeah, I don't know. I just 
aggressive with cricket, aggressive with your left foot, I guess. So. Yeah, definitely, yeah. mate. Um, and with the um, under-18s footy as well, Sam said one of your highlights that he reckons is you are playing in um, the final before the granny. Um, and, yeah, you actually kicked the winning goal to get you guys into the granny under-18s. Do you have any recollections of that, mate? Yeah, I actually do. So, I... I think I got a free kick. I don't know how I got a free kick, but I got a free kick. The ball it was towards the end of the game, and um, the ball coming to the fifty it was a massive pack, and I just jumped into, um, yeah, just jumped into, jumped into it, and somehow I got a free kick, and then got up, and I was feeling a bit dizzy. Anyway, I got back, kicked the goal, and we won with three seconds to go, which is, which is quite good. Um, and then yeah, I got to the rooms, and everyone was getting around me, but I still felt a bit sick. And Sean McCormick um, come up to me and he goes, oh, you're not looking well. Like, you look real pale and crook. I'm like, oh, yeah, a bit dizzy. And he goes, oh. So I, uh, he actually sent me to the hospital to go get a concussion test to see if I was right to play the next, the next game, well, the next week in the granny. But, um, yeah, luckily I got back and I was all fine. I was just a bit just a bit dazed. Yeah, no, it's a good story, mate. That's a... Massive highlight. I wish I could kick the winning goal to win a game of footy. Um, but, yeah, it hasn't quite worked out for me yet. So that's something that you <laughs> probably never forget, mate. Yeah, no, definitely uh, definitely do remember that one. Yeah, beautiful, mate. And a bit of a listener question we had here as well um, from old uh, Paddy Egan, which is an absolute ripper from White Hills, like the stalwart of the club. Yeah. He wanted to know, if you were a Subway sandwich, which one would you be and why? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Aaron Munro, I think it was me, Lincoln, and yeah, Munners were all getting um, Subway one day before a game of cricket, and um, I decided to go a foot-long meatball sub, and Munners goes, gee, you look like a meatball, I'm just going to start calling you meatball, so um, everyone, uh, yeah, I've got some funny nicknames, but yeah, Munners come up with the... Uh, with the meatball sub, so um, yeah, I'll have to go a cheeky uh, me- uh, meatball sub. Yeah, no, that's good, mate. Is um is the meatball something that's still stuck with you a bit now, or uh, no, nah, the meatball hasn't stuck. So uh, the one I got for Carlton was cuddles. Um, so Crony, Crony thought it was pretty funny. Obviously, used to live with Xavier and. Uh, in Hawthorne, uh, in Melbourne, and everywhere around Melbourne with him, and um, yeah, I, I was a big cuddler. So um, yeah, so cuddles are stuck for a few years um, with the Carlton boys. I think a couple of the boys at Clarence is slowly catching on to it. So I think that's going to come down here. Yeah, cuddles. That's not a bad one at all, mate. I'm, yeah, we won't go into why why you've got that. I'm sure you probably don't. <laughs> Don't want to bring that up here. No, I just, um, I just like cuddles. They're just, I don't know, they're soothing. <laughs> they are nice, mate. They're therapeutic. Yeah, they are. They're good yeah, for the soul and the mind and the body. You can always see me when I go back to White Hills. When I see Link, I'll give him a big cuddle. Yeah, definitely. The big bear. That's his the nickname. Big bear. He is the big bear. He is the big bear. Yeah. Um, with your career at White Hills, mate, when did you debut in the seniors for White Hills? Like, how old were you and how did that come about? And was it B grade, A grade? What what was the go there? Uh, so it was my first year of bottom age under seventeens. Actually, um, I broke my wrist playing footy. Um, we had a final, got tackled, and um, broke my wrist. Um, and I was unsure what I was going to play this year. 
like uh, what grade. I was really looking forward to my first senior year at White Hills. Um, just thinking I'll go, well, obviously breaking my arm and missing a bit of pre-season. I just thought I'll be all right. So I'll start in the twos and um, play a few games, make a few runs and then get into the ones and before Christmas. Um, but it was Brendan Slattery who's obviously been really big in my life as well, coaching me a lot in my junior cricket and um, and my first couple of years of senior cricket. He come up to me um, uh, when I was my first week back from injury. He goes, oh, come inside, I've got to have a chat to you. I'm like, oh, yeah, no worries. Um, I'm like, oh, what have I done? I'm like, trying to think of everything I've done. I'm like, oh, no, what have I done? What have I done? Um, and he goes, oh, you're going to be playing first level this week. You're going to be keeping and batting around five or six. I'm like, oh, what, really? So um, I was really surprised and really honoured to, yeah, represent White Hills. Um, so I never really played any B-grade cricket. So I think I was, yeah, 16 years old, um, walking out to play my first game for White Hills against Sandhurst at Wurrunarval. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. How'd you go that game? Uh, I think I got 10 or so. Um, biggest memory from that actually was Gavin Bowles, who I looked up to, was the first person I ever batted with in senior cricket. Um, and he goes to me, he goes, it's an honour to bat with you for your first innings. Um, yeah, and that's always stuck with me as well. That's why I've got so much respect for Gavin because uh, he's, yeah, he's been my idol. Obviously, being a, a White Hills legend that he is, um, yeah, always looking up to him um, and him being the first person I get to share the middle with was, yeah, really special. So, and that's one moment I'm, I definitely do cherish. Yeah, that's awesome, man. He's a lovely guy, Gav. Like, that, like, wouldn't matter if you're, you know, playing junior cricket, you're playing C grade, B grade, A grade, like, just treats you exactly the same. And I think that's just, you know, a really good sign of a good person. Like, you yeah, do exactly get, right. I've been at clubs before um, where it's quite, it can be quite clicky. And, you know, if you're not playing first 11 cricket, you're kind of left out of the loop a bit. But, yeah, I think Gav and White Hills in general um, are really good at um, making everyone feel included and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I feel special, especially Carlton as well. Carlton are exactly the same. No one's, no one's better than anybody there. Everyone's on the same wave. It doesn't matter what grade. And I'll be getting that vibe around Clarence as well. Everyone's really good over here. And, made me feel really welcome and I'm really looking, yeah, as I said, I'm really looking forward to this year and it's a really good vibe. Yeah, that's great, man. And with your mentors at White Hills, you've touched on them a bit, but who, the blokes that really gave you a lot of advice and you really um, questioned and stuff a lot as a kid, were they sort of blokes like Gavin Bowles and Mitch Winter and um, Reese and those sort of blokes or? Uh, yeah, it was, it was Gavin. The main ones were obviously Gavin, Aaron and Brendan Slattery. Um, Brendan Sardi was my coach for three, four years. Um, so a couple of years in under 17s and a couple of years in senior cricket. Um, he was the one who's really um, drove me uh, to get to play rep cricket. And um, he was the one who really started, started it all. So um, I'm very fortunate with that. And Brendan's a very smart, smart coach. I like the way he thinks about his cricket. It's really smart. Um, so he was another really good one to learn on. And then, yeah, you get Daniel Lutz and you Glenn Olsen. So, but yeah, Gavin probably was the main one that I really looked up to, obviously being a left-hander himself. Um, and yeah, really classy player. Yeah, and with your old man as well, mate, I remember driving past White Hills, um, the cricket nets, you know, as, I don't know, we'd be driving past, mum and I would be in the car or whatever, and I'd see you in the nets with your old man throwing balls at you. What sort of role did your old man play, like, you said he played for White Hills and stuff. Um, 
yeah, what was that like having a, you know, a father that was really supportive with your cricket? Like, how much time did he put into you? Um, yeah, he's really, he's been really good. So, um, a lot of things that I say, well, what I, what he says to a lot of white cricketers these days, it comes from me. So he, he asks me questions, and I give him, I give him the response, and then he passes the boys, which is really good. Um, but yeah, he's played a really good role. Um, and mum as well. Mum's been really good. Um, yeah, they used to always take me down to the nets and throw balls to me. I used to be one of those kids who always wanted to be doing something. I couldn't be sitting still on the couch or or whatnot. So um, yeah, we're always out either kicking the footy or um, uh, yeah, either in the cricket nets. So there's a funny story. Um, actually, no, not many people know this story, but mum took me to the nets one day and um, she was bowling to me and she's actually clean bowled me three times in a row. So I don't know how many people can say that, that their mum's clean bowled them three times in a row. But yeah, it's a, it's a little memory that I've got with mum down at the nets. And um, yeah, I reckon dad's got my measure as well. What was she bowling to you? A few medium paces with a bit of jag off the wicket or a few spinners or? Just like these left arm outswingers. I just couldn't hit them. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was, I was in all sorts. So, yeah, I've been clean ripped by mum a few times. Yeah, she, <laughs> she might have been doing a bit of ball tampering, mate. Oh, she might, might have been she had, Yeah, sandpaper out and yeah, a bit of lacquer on the other side. And who knows, mate? <laughs> oh, get the lip balm out. That's yeah. Yeah, nah, yeah. So. Nah, it's good. That's a nice little story. Yeah, it's good, mate. And what was your transition like to Carlton cricket? Like, how old were you when you went down there to start playing? And what was your connection with Carlton? And, yeah, obviously playing in Benio is good, but the next step for a lot of people is to go down and try their hand at Premier Cricket. And there's a lot of Benio players that have um, have done that. So, yeah, how did that work, mate? Uh, so I started off obviously playing senior cricket at White Hills and then um, going to uh, Carlton Development Training. Um, so I did that and obviously I must have, Laugh what they saw with me, um, and then there was a day where Carlton played a country round in Bendigo against Fitzroy. Ah, uh, not Fitzroy, Footscray, sorry. And um, yeah, they invited me to come down and be the twelfth man for them and get around the squad. Um, so I remember from that memory, I've got um, Donny Powell and I were sitting on the side screen, um, just at one end, and just talking cricket, talking normals, just just general life and. Um, I've walked away from that going, I want to be where Donovan Pell is. I want to be playing first 11 career for Carlton. That's my goal now. And then I uh, got invited to the pre-season training. Um, and, yeah, I didn't start off too well at pre-season. The first ball, uh, Cam Stevenson came in and absolutely ripped my pegs out. And I'm like, oh, no, this is this is going to be a lot tougher than what I thought. But, um, no, the transition, it's, it's tough. So um, there's a lot of guys down there that go down, especially from country leagues or um, even sub-district or anywhere, goes up to a higher level um, and it's, they want to be playing a lot higher than what they want. I think it's it's a lot of doing your time beforehand um, and then you'll get your rewards later. So if you go down there, you might be playing in the twos or threes, but um, that's where you've got to ask the better players of the squad um, so the likes of Evan Goldberg, your Tom Smythe, your Nick Ross, your Xavier Crones, your Cam Stevenson, ask those questions so you can improve your game and get to the next level because that's the only way you're going to be. You're going to improve is if you ask questions to the better players and trying to learn as much as you as much as you can off them 
Um, so it's just really key of being a sponge, especially when you go down there first. Just be a sponge and just learn off guys like that. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic, mate. And I've, yeah, I've heard people say a similar sort of um, they've had a similar sort of way of doing that as well. I think yeah, being really receptive and not being too caught up in like thinking that you know everything because you see heaps of those people around that you know they think they're they're already there, um, and then they never end up improving and then they end up just blaming everyone else for it. So I think that's really yeah. good that you do have that attitude of being humble and going, righto, these are my deficiencies, these are what I can work on and this is how I can get to the next level. Yeah, exactly. Like just be a sponge in, in any situation really. So yeah, that's the key. Yeah. And when did you make your first 11 debut for Carlton? Was that a couple of years into your career there? Uh, I think it was my third year at Carlton or second year. It was against Camberwell at Carlton, a T20 game. So I just came off um, some good form and played, made 100 in the threes, got an 80 in the twos, 100 in the twos and a 70 in the twos. So then I got promoted to the ones. Um, I think I'll play six, seven, six um, at Carlton. So a lot of history there at the Blues. Um, and yeah, so it was against Campbell at Carlton in a T20 game. So that's my memory. Yeah, beautiful, mate. And then when you started playing first 11 cricket, obviously there's ups and downs, like you can't make runs every week, but how long did it take you to feel like you'd cemented your spot in the side? Was there a specific moment or a specific score or performance um, that really cemented that in your brain that, yeah, I can actually mix it with these these blokes? Uh, so at the start of one year, one man as a coach uh, come up to me and goes, well, Braden, we want you... We've got no keeper, so we want you to keep, and you're going to keep in the first eleven. And um, well, I think I was, I don't know if I was open to batting or not. I think I might have dropped down the order in two day cricket, but open white ball cricket. Um, and then yeah, so that's where I really knew that I was going to cement my place. But knowing that my hard work wasn't done, so I still had to get out there and still churn runs and do the right things. Um, to get the best performance out of myself. So um, I just feel, I felt when I knew I could mix it with players of the calibre down there is just playing games. So there wasn't a specific, a specific moment or thing that happened. It was just more, the more experience you get of playing games, you just learn a lot more cricket. So um, yeah, the more games I played with the more experience I got in, um, yeah, that just really made me feel that I really did belong there. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. And with the keeping side of it as well, was that something that you've always done? Or did you have a couple of years off that while you were sort of making your way into the Carlton third and second 11? Yeah, so I didn't keep um, my first couple of years at Carlton. Um, so I just went down there, focused on my batting and really churned out some runs. Um, in the lower grades, and that's just doing your time, I think, um, in the lower grades, and then getting that reward um, to play that first 11 game. But, yeah, so then, yeah, as I said, Warren has come up to me and said, oh, we need you to start keeping again. Um, and, yeah, ever since then, I've been a wicketkeeper, but um, I don't know what's going to happen this year. We've got Michael Jones, who's um, a really good wicketkeeper. He's played a lot of second 11 cricket, so I think we're going to be sharing it a lot this year, and yeah, it'd be good fun getting back out in the field and having a run around 
Yeah, uh, it'll be good, I reckon. Yeah, how, how does the body pull up with keeping, mate? Because I know personally I've got really stiff hip flexors and if I try and pop into a squat, I feel like I'm about to snap. So is that something that like you just get better over time with or do you have like specific um, like stretching and you know mobility routines? Do you do any yoga or anything like that to keep you nice and loose through the hips or...? Uh, I think it's just a lot of uh, gym work. So um, a lot of my gym program I do is based around wicket keeping. So it's a lot of legs, a lot of glutes, um, and a lot of hammies exercises. So, um, yeah, so that's what my gym program is based around. It's pretty much my cricket. So um, it's just building the strength up in all all those areas. Um, but, yeah, so what I'm starting to do now after each game or even training is go – into the gym, do a couple of carries on the bike, uh, just a slow tick over, just to keep the legs kind of moving, and um, yeah, do some stretches. So um, get the get the uh, bands out, and yeah, really really get into it because I feel like recovery is going to be key. Um, and when you play back to back games of cricket, you you get pretty fatigued. Yeah, with the gym side of it and stuff, who's written up your program? Have you got that off specific coach or something that's helping you out with that, or? Uh, no, so I've got no coach, um, so I'm really just doing it all on my own at the moment. But um, being in the program, I'm fortunate enough to be in the program for Cricket Victoria um, for a few years there. Um, you kind of you remember all the gym, uh, all the gym exercises and stuff that you needed to do throughout the preseason. So that's just really what I go back to is, is that basis. Yeah, that's great, mate. And with the Renegades. Um side of it as well you've played a few games in the renegades and stuff you actually took um sam harper's spot which is actually we've actually had him on the podcast we had him on the podcast last year um and yeah he's a ripping little bloke but yeah how was that opportunity mate because yeah he got injured and then you come come into the side as a keeper and batten down the order um, yeah oh like when you're mixing with uh some of the great players in australia cricket you can't really complain um, you look around the room, you see the Cam Richardson, the Dan Christian and Aaron Finch. Like, it's a pretty surreal moment. You sit there and you're, you're kind of pinching yourself in the corner because you're just like, how has a bloke from Bendio gotten to this stage? Like, it's it's amazing. Um, and it, as I said before, I I wasn't going out there just to represent myself. I knew I was out there, I was representing Bendio. I want to make everyone back home proud. It was just a really good moment when... Um, yeah, I got the I got the message to say that I was going away with the boys. Um, yeah, I'd like to tell mum and dad just hear how proud they were of me. It was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, beautiful. And I'm sure the um the after parties would have been pretty fun. A few beers after after a game. Yeah, just a couple of quiet ones. Nothing really out of the hand. Um, just kind of celebrate the game, especially if you got a win. Uh, yeah, we just have a few quiet beers and just just kind of wind down a little bit because your adrenaline gets so high. Obviously, it's a fast-paced game. And after the game, you, you're just through the roof. So a lot of people don't know. You actually you change your sleeping pattern because you're playing a lot of night games. You try to sleep the whole day, and then you're still awake until 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock after a game because you, the adrenaline that goes through you is still there. So that's why I try to have two or three beers and just try, try to settle it down a little bit then. Once you get back to the hotel or home, you just kind of doze off. Yeah, and Bowie's another guy that's played a couple of games at the Stars as well. 
Um, yeah, I think he was pretty nervous before bowling his first ball or first over. Were you similar, like keep chucking the gloves on and just thinking, geez, I hope I don't drop this catch? Or was it um, more you were just relishing the opportunity? Um, I'm not really. I don't get nervous. Um, I think it was just pretty surreal. Um, like you just kind of look around, you like, oh, this is pretty cool. But once that, once the ball gets bowled or you're out there, it it's just natural instincts that take over. Um, like the ball comes to you, you got to catch the ball. Like I think, yeah, I think once it all, once it all went ahead, um, it was all just natural instincts. You knew what to do. You're out there to do your job, so you do your job. So, um, but beforehand, I wasn't too bad. I was just really soaking in the moment of just walking out there and yeah, just chilling out. It was pretty cool. Yeah, one thing that really um, stuck with me as a junior with the fielding side of things, I, you know, being a kid and fielding for even like 20 overs or whatever it was, like you get pretty bored out there. Um, but some advice, um, a bloke, Johnny Howard, his old man, he was really knowledgeable about the game and stuff, but he just said to us, he's like, you know, you only need to switch on for that couple seconds before the bowls, ball's bowled. And then once the play's over, you know, kick a bit of grass, have a talk a bit of rubbish with your mate, you need to really just switch off. Um, do you find that something that you you do with probably probably without even thinking about it? Yeah, hundred percent. So um, it doesn't matter what grade of cricket I play. Um, obviously the wicket keepers here always got like a slip or you've got a gully, so you can always have a chat to them. Or um, yeah, it's just it's you got to be really yeah switched on for that ten seconds of the play, and then once the play's over, you can kind of do whatever you want, even with batting. So I do the same with batting. So I focus on. I try to work out what the bowler's going to do, what's his field placements, and then if he executes that ball, you think about that for a little bit. Uh, and then once you get in your batting stance, all right, I'm switched on now. What's happening? Let's do it. And then once the ball, once the play's over, you kind of walk away, mark your centre a little bit, or um, you might think about the ball as just being bowled to think about what's going to go on next. So you kind of switch off for that little bit, and then you switch back on. I feel like that's just refreshing and keeps your brain ticking and makes you bat for a longer period of time. Yeah, and with the batting specifically, like I've heard, um, you know, read Mike Husky's book and he talks about he'd just simplify it. Even when he's playing for Australia, he'd literally just say to himself as the bowler's coming in, watch the ball, watch the ball, watch the ball. Um, is that something that you do as well or do you have like a specific trigger that you do when the bowler's actually running in or is it more just um, generally switched on? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm very different. So sometimes if I don't feel like I'm watching the ball well, I will say, watch the ball, watch the ball. Um, and then I worry about my head. So with batting is because I'm a left-hander, I want my left eye facing the bowler because it means I've got a level head. So that's what I say to a lot of kids is when I'm coaching is to have that, that right eye or left eye level. So if you're a right-handed batsman, have that right eye level because your head's going to be level. Or watch that right eye, watch the bowler, because your head's going to be level at all times. So um, that's what I try to do. Um, but most of the time I just sing songs. I think I was singing Keith Urban, Kiss a Girl the other day when I was in the net. So, um, yeah, so I just <laughs> kind of zone off by singing songs. So, um, yeah, that's 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 my way of cooling down. So there might be a time where I'm playing against someone and they hear me sing a song. Um, yeah, that's 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 the way I find to switch off. So you sing a song after the play is over, or as they're coming in. Uh, so, so as I'm 
as the play's over, I start singing songs. But then sometimes when the ball is bowling, like running in, I'm still like kind of humming it in my head. And then it's like, <laughs> I, I need to switch on. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I remember um, Glenn McGrath used to say the exact same thing because he was like literally a robot. He'd just put the ball on a 50-cent piece all day. And he's literally come out and said that he used to play whatever song he liked at the time. He would sing that while he's running into actually bowl because he just knew that it was just automatic. Like his body, you know, had just knew what to do. So he'd sing a song as he's coming in to bowl, which is just crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's funny how things work for different people. So I think he's just trying to find that cliche of what you what works for you and stick with it. So yeah. I know a lot of I know a lot of cricketers. If they make a hundred that next day, they used to write down exactly what they did the night before. Like, just superstitious. It's funny how superstitious cricket is. Such a simple game, but superstitious. Yeah, we'll ask about that, mate. Superstitions. I was actually, um, I was lucky enough to chat to Richo last week from, um, you know, Big Tigers legend and asked him the same question about superstitions. And he mentioned how in one of his early games, he was feeling flat before a game and asked the trainer to go get him some uh, a chocolate or lollies or something. Bought back a Mars bar. He ate the Mars bar and then played out of his absolute skin. And then he thought, the Mars bar. The Mars bar is the secret. That's the secret. Play good do, you have, do you have any – and what superstitions do you have before playing a game of cricket, mate? Like, do you have – like, you obviously have a routine and stuff that you go through, but do you have, like, a specific pair of socks or undies or something that you have to wear or what's the go? Um, no, nothing. I don't have a specific um, – I don't have a yeah, specific superstition. I think it's just more – the way I like to put my gear on, I think. So I'll go, I think it goes box, thigh pad, right pad with my straps facing out, and then left pad, straps facing out. Then I'll go helmet. Then I'll go, yeah, left glove, right glove. So it's pretty basic, but um, I'll have to do that every single time. That's my superstition. Yeah, nice. So that's just that, that's a little bit of a routine. Um, yeah, that I do, but um, sometimes you can see me, yeah, just sitting in the corner with my helmet on. And I don't like taking my helmet off. Once I have my helmet on, I don't like taking it off. So, yeah, that's another weird little thing I have. Yeah, you, you hear it. That's awesome, mate. You hear about Steve Smith, and he talks about his batting, and he, he talks about when he's batting real well and seeing the ball real well. Like, he, um, when he's hit, you know, tapping the bat down before the ball is coming in, he can, like, it just feels right. So he goes more by feel. And he'll even go on the nets and go, you know, I've, I forget how to grip the cricket bat. He says it all the time that he forgets how to grip a cricket bat. And once he realize, you know, learns how to grip it again or, you know, has that right feel again, then he's right to go. So whether that takes 20 balls and then 100, 300, once he's got that feel, he feels good. Um, I was just wondering, do you have any specific thing that really fills you with confidence, like some, some type of thing like that? Uh, a nice heart very nice. Uh-huh. A what, nah. sorry? A nice half volley on off stump. <laughs> <laughs> that gets you going, if, yeah. If a bowler can uh, bowl that every ball, will be happy. Um, no, nah, oh, not really. I think it's, yeah, just trying to keep my head level and, yeah, that's really it. I think that's my main superstition. Um, I don't really have a certain amount of times I've hit the bat on the ball, like on the ground or anything. It's just, yeah, it's just, I'll just let it go naturally. Whatever happens, kind of happens. Yeah, and I think batting, like, people can overcomplicate it and, you know, cricket's a pretty um, 
technically specific sport but if you can just really simplify it in your own mind like you might have the little things you're working on at training that are the specifics like oh you know i need to show the full face of the bat when i'm defending it or this and that but i think once you get out on the weekend you've just got to have a couple of little triggers that get you watching the ball because at the end of the day if you're not watching the ball you're not going to last very long out there no exactly right yep and we'll just chat a bit of transition, mate, um, into Tasmania. So you went like there's been a lot of um, write-ups and a lot of reports in the last year or eighteen months about how people don't think that you're getting um, the opportunity that you deserve at like even higher levels and um, you know Premier cricket and stuff like that. So that's probably all outside noise to yourself. But going down to Tassie, um, Melbourne's in lockdown at the minute, and yeah, it's pretty unsure of what's happening there. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with your decision. But what other reasons did you have for going down to Tassie? Was it more for getting that opportunity to play it like more consistently at that higher level, or? Yeah, I think it's just yeah, looking for opportunity um, down here. So um, Victoria obviously have Seb Gotch and Sam Harper as their wicket keepers. Um, so yeah, I think I just came down here for more opportunity and a new like a new bit of chapter in my life. I think um, I was getting really cozy in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, I just kind of was doing the same thing. I just needed something different to spruce up my life a little bit. So, um, yeah, moved down here. It's been really good. So I'm loving it down here at the moment. Um, as I said before, the Clarence boys are really welcoming in, um, really fondly and I'm, I'm, I'm loving it down here. So, um, yeah, I'm really grateful for the Bruce boys, um, the way they've handled it all as well. So, um, but yeah, I think it's just, yeah, opportunity to play higher, higher grade of cricket, but. Um, more so just a change of lifestyle, something different, um, and get out of my comfort zone. So, um, yeah, moving down to a state where I only knew 15 people, it's uh, pretty daunting, but um, I've been, yeah, as I said, I've been really grateful for everyone down here. Everyone's welcomed me really well. So, yeah, that's probably the main reason. Yeah, I think that's great, Matt, that you have actually had the balls to go down there and try something new because, you know, something that, as humans, it's really tough for us. You know, change is really tough for people. Like, you know, you can get into your comfortable state and go, you know, it's ticking along okay here. Why would I change? But I think having that mindset of, you know, personal growth and whatnot to actually go out of your comfort zone and try something new is a real credit to you, mate. No, thank you very much. No worries. And what's the level of cricket like down there? And what's the style of cricket? I'm assuming because it's raining all the time. They've got quite um, green, juicy wickets. Is that the go? or? Uh, so the type of grass they use down here is completely different to the one they use in Victoria. So Victoria is more of a Cougs-based cricket wicket, where down here is more rye. So obviously being a qualified sports turf that I am, um, rye grass is a lot easier to wear than Cougs, so they have to cut the grass a bit longer down here. So they're, they're a bit more juicier down here, but I'm really looking forward to uh, getting stuck in and yeah, having the challenge. Yeah, beautiful, mate. And we'll just we'll just finish off. So, what are your goals and aspirations for the future with your cricket and with your life? Um, one of my main goals is just to make my parents proud of me. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably my main goal. I just want mum and dad to be very proud of what I do, what I'm trying to achieve in life. That's probably the main one. But with cricket, it's obviously to play professional cricket. Um. There's no better, no better thing in life than um, doing what you love um, as a job. So, and yeah, that's playing cricket. So I remember there's a photo of me 
um, from Kinder that has what would you what do you want to be when you grow up and everyone was like a firefighter, a doctor, um, whatever they would be and um, mine was to be a professional cricketer. Um, I've had a little taste of it, but I'm hungry for that more more of that taste. So um, yeah, to fill out that dream would be would be an unbelievable goal. But um, I think it's more more focusing on the present moment um, and knowing what I can do and what I can do is going to hopefully get me where I need to be. But if not, at least I've given it a bit of crap. Yeah, beautiful, mate. No, that that's um that's awesome. It's yeah, I'm really um. Yeah, proud of you, mate. Like, and as a Bendigo local too, like, I yeah, I really feel proud that, like, we've had some really, you know, people achieve some awesome things from this this town. And, yeah, like, as as you know, um, myself and the White Hills Cricket Club are right behind you with that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for all the support, everyone back home, um, everywhere around. Um, I'm loving it. So, um, yeah, I'm just extremely grateful how much support I've got. No worries, mate. And with the golf side of it, we'll touch on that as well. We, um, I was having a hit the other week um, with Connor and we were at Nianga Park and you were playing with Mitch Winter Irving. Do you get down and play a bit of golf in Tassie? Or? I haven't played that much, actually. I've only had three rounds of golf down here, surprisingly. I've been uh, Harry Allenby, the coach of Clarence. Before I moved down, we were like, oh, I'll go every, nearly every Sunday and go play golf and um, sadly enough, he's, he got injured playing footy um, a few months ago. So uh, we haven't been on the course as much as we like, but summertime's coming around. I think oh, there'll be a fair few Instagram stories of many golf courses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you're a big driver of the ball, I'm assuming, with your golf ball? Uh, I actually go the other way. So I'm I'm a soft hitter off the tee. Um, it's only because I... I don't want to go fetch it in the trees, so I'll try to hit the fairway as much as I can. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going and looking at the bushes oh. ball is there and or losing a couple new um brand new pills like oh, nothing nothing worse. Nah, you got a couple pro V ones or something like that and they go into the bush, you're like, Oh, I've just spent about five bucks on that one ball, so yeah. <laughs> well, there goes another one down the drain. And then you get to the next hole and you lose another one, you're like, oh, what am I doing? Mate, sometimes my goal for a round of golf is literally to go, all right, I just want to play with one golf ball for the whole round. Like, let's just see if we can keep this one golf ball. You should, get, you should get rewarded if you play with the same golf ball the whole round. Yeah, take 10 shots off your um off your end score. Do you, do you have a handicap or anything like that, or it's more just casual playing? Uh, yeah, I'm off about 16, 18 at the moment, I think. So I'm not ideal, but I can hold it. Yeah, that's solid, mate. Yeah, I think last year when I broke 100, got to 98, I was I was chuffed, mate. So that's the type of level that Connor and I are at. So pretty, pretty hackish. <laughs> nah, it's all good fun out there. Yeah. Good banter on the golf course. Yeah, beautiful, mate. All right, mate, we'll finish it off there. And we'll just we'll just give you a couple of plugs. So if people want to find you on Instagram and that, like it's probably always like no one ever says no to a few extra followers. Where can people find you, mate? Uh, yeah, just my name, Braden Steffi, on Instagram. So, um, yeah, there's some good content up there, I think. Yeah, beautiful, mate. All right, mate, thank you for joining us. That was awesome. No worries. Thanks for having me on, mate. Thanks for listening to The Blokes in Your Ear. You can check us out on Facebook and our page, The Blokes in Your Ear. Also, check out our Instagram and Twitter using the tag at Blokes in Your Ear. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with another podcast soon.